Welcome to Teaching Through the Bible with Dr. Ken Sullivan. As a veteran senior pastor, Dr. Sullivan understands the importance of Bible teaching in the spiritual growth and development of God's people. Dr. Sullivan's method of teaching the Bible is to read and carefully explain each chapter and verse in clear and understandable terms so the student of the Bible gains the full understanding of God's Word. Now prepare yourself to learn and grow as Dr. Sullivan teaches through the Bible. Hello and welcome to another session of Teaching Through the Bible. I'm Dr. Kenneth Sullivan. Well, today we'll be studying the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and as usual, I'll be teaching from the New Living Translation. So let's jump right into our study. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and I'm reading verses 1 through 3. Now let's talk about food that has been sacrificed to idols. You think that everyone should agree with your perfect knowledge. While knowledge may make us feel important, it is love that really builds up the church. Love builds up the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one God knows and cares for. Now, Paul is shifting the subject from marriage to food that is sacrificed to idols. It was a custom in ancient times and even in some regions of the world today to sacrifice an an animal to an idol, to idol gods, these uh, pagan gods. And afterward, they would sell the food on the open market uh, and people would purchase it and and, uh, take it home and serve it, cook it and eat it. The members of the church of Corinth wanted to know if it was okay to eat this kind of food since uh, since it'd been, it had been offered to idol gods. Now, Paul began by rebuking the Corinthians because they were puffed up with uh, pride over their knowledge. There were uh, some Corinthians who, who felt that uh, since they knew that the idol was not a god, they should be free to go ahead and, and eat the meat since there's only one god. And, and of course, that's a fact. But their pride was puffing them up so that they were not considering the needs of other people. They were not considering the whole picture of the church. And as members of God's church, uh, we have to consider everyone involved. The uh, Corinthians had already decided that since they knew about this, that they had the knowledge that uh, idols were nothing, they felt that they were completely free to eat that meat that was offered to idols. And in normal circumstances, that would be the case. But when those Christians who had this knowledge ate meat offered to idols in the presence of Christians who had a weak conscience concerning this and and struggled with the the, the thought that this might be wrong, then when they did that without regard to those weak uh, Christians and their weak consciences, then they were not acting in love. And that's the point that Paul is making here. Paul warned that knowledge could puff a person, puff a, a person up with pride, uh, while love prompts people to build each other up. Love is outreaching, and it is, it is kind and considerate of other people. Love, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is patient and kind. Uh, and so it's one thing to have knowledge, it's quite another thing to use that knowledge in a selfish way. So these people were um, eating the meat that was offered to idols right in the front 
in front of uh, 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 of their Christian brothers and sisters who were struggling with this issue in their mind. So the knowledge that we acquire should be used for our own good and to and to serve the needs of others. That's important. Uh, we don't have knowledge just for knowledge's sake. And these saints had the knowledge of the fact that there is one true God and that all the idols were false. Um, but they were not balancing their knowledge with humility and, and service and consideration for their brothers and sisters. The Corinthians were correct. Idols are nothing. Therefore, eating meat offered to an idol with this knowledge is okay. But to eat this meat in the presence of weak Christians who struggle with their faith, um, who struggle with the idea that eating such meat is wrong, uh, who might be tempted to go beyond their faith and, and eat as well, then that was not okay. It was it was not acting in love toward the weak Christians. And, and that's the, the point that Paul wanted to make. So he, he rebuked the ones who had the stronger consciences and the, and the greater knowledge because they were not considerate of those who were weak among them. Love does not provoke weak Christians to violate their weak consciences and do something that they think is wrong. Love would deny ourselves this freedom uh, in consideration of, of the weak Christian. Now I'm reading verses 4 through 7. So now, what about it? Should we eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a god, and that there's only one god and no other. According to some people, there are many so-called gods and many lords, both in heaven and on earth. But we know that there's only one god, the Father, who created everything, and we exist for him. And there's only one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom God made everything, and through whom we have been given life. However, uh, not all Christians realize this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that has been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods, and their weak consciences are violated. So here Paul in these verses, are, he's spelling out, the problem. He's spelling out the problem that uh, there are weak Christians among us. And and as the stronger ones, as those who may be more mature in faith, we have to always consider the needs of the, the, the weaker ones. And we have to curtail our, our freedom in some uh, instances and situations just for the sake of those who are among us. We are one body in Christ. And so we always have to consider the needs of those who are who are weaker, uh, those who are coming behind us. The apostle Paul was very sensitive to this subject, dealing with how Christians should regard food offered to idols. A person who is full of knowledge, but but may be lacking in the area of love and sensitivity, um, may go ahead and do what they want to do w without regard or thought to the other people. Um, but Paul is pushing this. He is uh, he is promoting this idea of a unified body, and he's promoting this idea of the responsibility that we have for the well-being of each other. Um, we can't run ahead 
of our brothers and sisters who may be lagging behind. We have to help to carry them. Those who take this position, uh, well, actually who took this position in the Corinthian church that that uh, their knowledge about God freed them to eat whatever they want without, uh, or to do whatever they wanted without sensitivity to the needs of other people uh, were not, certainly not acting in love, as I've said repeatedly. Um, Paul concedes that it's true. He mentioned this in those verses of scripture that I just read. It's true that there's only one God. It's true that idols are nothing. Um, it's true that to eat food that's offered to idols means nothing because the idols are nothing. They are no gods at all. Uh, but Paul, again, uh, wants to reiterate, and, he, and he's repeating this uh, almost to the point of redundancy, that we Christians, stronger Christians, have a responsibility to consider the needs of weaker Christians, those who are struggling with the idea that an idol might be something real. Now, in our Western culture in America and probably most of Europe and, and, and some other uh, uh, cultures today, um, idol worship in the sense that it was done in ancient times it is not as much of a consideration um, today. But we have to think about other things. Um, we have a lot of freedom as Christians. Uh, and, 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 and there are some Christians who who are maybe bound by legalism and some other things, and, and they don't realize that they have these kinds of freedoms. We have to be considerate of other people before we exercise our freedoms. Uh, there are some Christians who are not fully aware uh, of the freedoms that they have, and they think that a lot of things are, are wrong. Now, when I was coming along, there was a whole litany of, of, of things that people talked that were wrong and, and they were, it was actually legalism. Um, they just went out of their way to build on this list. And so almost everything that you did was, was wrong. Okay. Um, early on, oh, women couldn't, couldn't style, couldn't curl their hair. And, and, uh, when cars came out, people preached against them and said, uh, they called them, uh, whorehouses on wheels. And some people would testify that I haven't been in one. I understand that. Of course, that was a little bit, a little bit ahead of my time, but this is a report that I've gotten. And coming up in a, a, a church that was good, good, strong in a lot of ways, but also legalistic in a lot of ways, I had to navigate, we had to navigate through those things. Uh, but as it relates to our responsibility today, we have to bring Christians along uh, carefully and gently. We can't flaunt our freedoms. We know that certain things are not, uh, that are taught against are not biblical. And so we have the freedom to exercise our freedom in those areas. But we do have to be considerate of provoking other people to go beyond what their conscience would allow. So we have, in a sense, have to hobble ourselves when we're in the, in the presence of other people and be uh, patient and considerate and uh, just kind of help to carry them along and curtail some of our freedom. So the fact that the that the Corinthians were not doing this created a problem. Um, they could eat whatever they wanted to, but but when they did, they provoked the conscience of their weak brothers and sisters and could cause them to fall away. Now I'm reading verses 8 and 9. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't miss out on anything if we don't eat it. 
and we don't gain anything if we do. But you must be careful with this freedom of yours. Do not cause a brother or sister with a weaker conscience to stumble. So there are people who really think that the more things they deny themselves, the more the stronger they are and the more mature they are. But but uh, very often the opposite is just the case. They bind themselves with a whole bunch of uh, man-made legalistic rules and regulation, and it makes them feel holier than the rest of the world, when in actuality they are really weaker. Now, um, of course, the Bible tells us there are certain things that we should not do, uh, and it spells those out. The Bible tells us we should not engage in, in fornication. We should not engage in drunkenness and, and uh, things of that sort. Uh, it's clear that we can't uh, dabble in adultery and all of that kind of, all of those things are clear to us. But there are some things that people make up uh, and they impose upon people that are, that are not uh, biblical. Uh, when I was coming along, and in some churches today, uh, people taught that women could not wear uh, pants or, or trousers or slacks, as they want to call them, because that was something pertaining to a man. Uh, women could not wear makeup. They said that was wrong. and, and uh, uh, But they couldn't get a good solid passage of scripture to, uh, to go along to prove that. Um, and then there were all kinds of other things that women could not wear nail polish. And, and uh, there were certain games that you couldn't engage in. Uh, when we were growing up in, in a church, um, you couldn't play jacks uh, or, you, or you couldn't play ball or you couldn't, you couldn't go to ball games and, or you couldn't go to the movies and, and those kind of things. But people had television sets right in their houses and they were watching the same thing. Uh, that was was being played on the movie. So these are uh, some legalistic rules and regulations that some people bind themselves by, and and they think that it makes them holier, but it does not. It really um, it, it really proves that they are bound by a lot of non biblical rules, which actually demonstrates that their consciences are weaker. Uh, how do, should we comport ourselves or carry ourselves? in the presence of people who may be bound by some of these legalistic rules. Do we just break out and do what we want to do? That's the, the, the rub of what Paul is teaching us here. He's teaching us that we have to curtail some of our freedoms so that we don't violate the consciences of people who think that certain things are wrong. Eating food to, uh, offered to idols was not wrong in and of itself. It was not wrong as long as you had the knowledge that these uh, idols were no gods. But if a Christian who thought it was wrong went ahead and ate that food, violating their consciences, then to them it was wrong. And so it is the same way with some of the man-made legalistic rules uh, today. Um, we, we should not engage in certain things right in the presence of people who have a, really pro a real problem with them, with those things. We have to be sensitive. And somebody might say, well, you know, uh, I have to give up my freedom because of somebody who has bound themselves with legalism. Well, that's what Paul is suggesting here. Um, we can have our freedoms, but we just don't have to exercise them in the presence of, of people who are struggling with these things. Um, Paul is preaching and teaching love and consideration and patience with saints who haven't come along quite as far maybe as you have come along, or maybe as I have come along. 
he is teaching us to be patient with each other and to work through these things with each other. Okay, So Paul makes it clear that it doesn't matter whether we eat this kind of meat or not. Uh, we have the freedom to eat it. We have the freedom to reject it. Same way with other legalistic rules that are non-biblical. We have the freedom to impose them upon ourselves or we have the freedom to reject them. But there's a more important issue here than our freedom. And this was what Paul is, is, is pushing. The issue is love and consideration for the needs of others. Okay. Freedom can be a dangerous thing if we don't use it wisely. There are some things that we are free to do. Uh, but if we're in the company of, of Christians with a weak conscience, we should not do those things. We don't want to provoke them into doing something they think is wrong and cause them to sin against their weak conscience. That is the whole idea that Paul is teaching. Paul is teaching us to love one another, to be considerate of, uh, of each other, to make sacrifices for the good of the whole body of Christ. Okay. And Paul also discussed this in Romans chapter 14. He wrote these words in Romans chapter 14, uh, verses 14 through 15, and then 20 and 23. And I'm reading. I know and am perfectly sure on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong and wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. And if another Christian is distressed by what you eat, you're not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, there's nothing wrong with these things in themselves. But it is wrong to eat anything if it makes another person stumble. Don't eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another Christian to stumble. You may have you may have the faith to believe that there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those, blessed are those who do not condemn themselves by doing something they know is all right. But if people have doubts about whether they should eat something, they should need it. They would be, conde be condemned for not acting in faith before God. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning, okay? So again, that's Romans chapter 14, verses 14 through 15, and then I skip down to verses 20 through 23. So what Paul is saying, again, in a nutshell, is that love and consideration for other Christians is more important than the exercise of our freedoms. We have to give up some freedoms in the presence of weak Christians who are bound by legalism and a bunch of man-made rules and, and they have bound themselves and they've been taught that everything is wrong for a Christian to do, okay? When we're in their company, we have to uh, curtail our freedom until we are alone with God or in the company of a people uh, who understand the freedoms that Christians enjoy. Sometimes... We have to deny ourselves certain privileges, of course, while in in their company. And and as Paul said, uh, if you, do you have faith, have it between yourself and God. Okay, do what uh, exercise some of your your 
freedoms in private or in the company of people who are not bound by a lot of legalism. So Paul suggested that there are times when we may need to enjoy some of our freedoms again in private. There are, there are some freedoms that I know that I have as a Christian, but I don't use them when I'm in the company of those who believe that these things are wrong because I don't want them judging me, first of all, and I don't want them to uh, violate their weak consciences. Now I'm reading verses 10 through 13. You see, this is what can happen. Weak Christians who think it is wrong to eat this food will see you eating in the temple of an idol. You know there's nothing wrong with it, but they will be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been dedicated to the idol. So because of your superior knowledge, a weak Christian for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And you are sinning against Christ when you sin against other Christians by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong. If what I eat is going to make another Christian sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. Well, I don't want to make another Christian stumble. Now, so this is such an important subject that Paul spent a little extra space explaining it. He gave an actual scenario uh, of just how one Christian who knows it's not wrong to eat food offered to idols could cause another Christian who is unsure to stumble. It's a blessing to have this kind of knowledge about our freedom. It is a blessing to be free in Christ. However, we're not walking in love if we don't consider those who, who don't have this, this kind of knowledge or, or this kind of faith and, and, and are condemned by many things. And that's the problem with legalism. And of course, Jesus condemned the Pharisees because they had all of these man-made rules piled up on top of God's actual word. And a lot of those man-made rules that they made up contradicted God's word. And people were preoccupied with trying to keep all of these rules. And, uh, and so Jesus condemned the Pharisees because they were shutting up heaven. They were making it hard for people to follow Christ. And it's the same thing today when people just um, have all of these rules that they make up that have nothing to do with Scripture or that's based on uh, some obscure Scripture that, that doesn't apply or, or they misapply them. Uh, and then they teach that as a doctrine. They impose that upon people, and people want to serve God, but they're going through life under the burden of all of these man-made rules and restrictions, and, and so it just saps a lot of the joy that they could be having and enjoying right out of life. Paul used food offered to idols as an example here because the subject was raised by the saints at Corinth, but there are many things today that uh, some um, uh, Christians have been taught that, that they're wrong and they're actually not wrong. So, but we're reminded that when a person who believes a thing is wrong engages in it, to that person, it is sin to them. The person with knowledge and a strong conscience is required to consider the person with the weak conscience and restrict his freedom in that person's presence. Okay. Now, this is a necessary precaution uh, in order to avoid tempting weak Christians to go beyond what their conscience will allow and actually sin. Though what they're doing is not wrong, but in their mind it's wrong. They've been taught it's wrong. And so to do it anyway, when they don't have the faith and the knowledge to know that it's wrong, uh, that it's not wrong, uh, to them it is sin. 
for us who have the freedom and the knowledge of God to flaunt our knowledge and our strength and our freedom at the expense of uh, of a weak Christian is acting in pride rather than in love. So Paul said it is actually sinning against Christ to encourage weak Christians to do something that they think is wrong. That's in verse 12. Well, it brings us to the, to the close of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Next time we will cover chapter 9. Well, if you're ever in the Indianapolis area or you live in this area, I want to invite you to come visit us at New Direction Church here in Indianapolis where my son is the pastor and he's doing a, a great job leading this church as a lead pastor. We're located at uh, two locations, 5330 East 38th Street. That's our, our, uh, uh, east location. And our north location is at 7701 East 86th Street. Okay. So I invite you to come and worship with us and you can go online, ndcbetterlife.org to get our service times. Please join me next week or next time, our next session, as we will study another um, chapter of the of the the Bible. We're going chapter by chapter and verse by verse, and taking our time to really explain it because we want you to grow. Until next time, may God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Teaching Through the Bible with Dr. Ken Sullivan. We hope this program has benefited you in your Christian walk. For a free download of this program and to browse Dr. Sullivan's books, videos, and audio titles, visit our website at emergecurriculum.com. Please tune into our next teaching session on Vision Stream Network or listen on demand from our podcast.